This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. You're listening to the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. I'm Mandy, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. If you want encouragement, inspiration, support, empowerment, then join me as we talk about real-life stories of finding and following your purpose, overcoming adversity, and living out your dreams. If you believe life's too short to be caught up in insecurities, fear, and feeling defeated, then let's hang out in the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I am here today with my friend, Rebecca Shanick. She is talking to me from California and well, she just started in medical school. So I'm super excited to talk to her about that. And she's also a, a wife and a doggy mommy. And uh, Rebecca, so, so glad that you're here. So go ahead and tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mandy, for having me. Um, it's really my pleasure to be able to talk to you today. So As Mandy mentioned, I'm currently in medical school. I'm also pursuing a master's in public health. So those are kind of things that I've recently put on my plate. Um, I'm also finishing up my job. Um, I do a lot of COVID case management. So I'm still working as I'm going to med school, but I'm transitioning out of that role in the next couple of weeks. Um, As you mentioned, I am a wife and a dog mom. So those are where I kind of spend my free time (laughs) with my family. Do you have any free time? I mean, really? (laughs) Probably not. I, I'm like trying to figure out the schedule situation. I have to be pretty organized with it. So yeah, I don't think that I have free time, but I definitely for my own mental well-being, have to like schedule yes. in social activities and make sure that I take care of myself. As far as fun things, I really enjoy hiking, camping, and you know, just being outdoors. Yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Awesome. So tell us about a big win that you've recently experienced. Yeah. So um, besides getting into the master's program, because that's kind of an additional thing that uh-huh. is part of our uh, curriculum in our med school, it's through a different um, entity, like institution. So that's been something that I was really excited to be a part of. There's another uh, sort of curriculum that is an additional thing as well. It's called a longitudinal track in our curriculum. So a little bit about that. It's like this additional um, couple of hours per month that you would spend in a specific focus. And then at the end of your first two years, which is the preclinical years, you would be able to be someone who's like a certified scholar in that specific area. So um, the areas could include integrated medicine or global health. So um, currently I'm working on, yeah, just trying to decide which area I want to pursue and then do an application for it to see kind of where I'll end up. (laughs) So do you think that the global health part, it seems like you would be more interested in that part just a little bit since I know global health. Yeah, for sure. I, I think global health is like where I'm leaning based off everything that I've read. There's also one that's about chronic patient care. So like Mm -hmm. in patients with chronic illnesses. So that's also something that I'm kind of passionate about. 
So I'm deciding between the two. Global Health yeah. is really cool because you get to do two international rotations. Nice. So that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about your, your experience overseas too. So, so how, let's talk first though. How, how did you know you wanted to be a doctor and how long have you known? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that there was a specific instance. I think it was just kind of like throughout my life instances that have built up to this decision and ultimately like manifestation of being able to pursue a career in medicine. So I would say that my interest was probably initially sparked when I was four years old, I had heart surgery. And so just kind of that initial experience with patient care is something that I remember like as a child. And then like ever since then, I kind of was like dressing up as a doctor for Halloween. I remember seeing pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then I think that my family kind of um, encouraged me in that path. And in high school, that's when I started being able to like I was old enough to be able to volunteer at the local community hospital. And that's when I decided, wow, like this is something um, that I have a desire for, you know, actual patient care interactions. And then um, while I was in college that further developed and I was able to attend medical mission trips. And that's, I would say probably the deciding factor that I wanted to be a physician rather than a different type of health professional just because I wanted to be able to lead my own team in medical missions one day. Awesome. Okay. So let's pack, backtrack just a little bit. Cause you had mm-hmm. said uh, early on with your, your surgery when you were four, like what, yeah. stood, I mean, at four, I don't, I mean, I remember a few things when I was four, but I guess I would, would remember like major surgery, but mm-hmm. what stood out to you during that time? That's a good point. Looking back, like, obviously I don't have that many memories of like my childhood, like, cause you know, you forget them as you get older. But I would say that the doctor who took care of me, um, I really only remember him and he was a pediatric cardiologist um, and or cardiovascular surgeon. But yeah, I just feel like his care and like, it wasn't something that was scary to go through because he was so comforting. Okay. What did he do that was comforting? How did that transpire? Just his bedside manner. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the whole time, I think that he talked to my parents through the situation so that they ended up being comfortable with it. Cause I know it yeah. could probably be scary on their end. And then, yeah, just for me, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just for me being able to, you know, be calm. Were you calm, like, was yeah, even very calming. Cause okay. not that I was going to understand what was happening probably, yeah. but just that I was okay with the situation. Yeah. Okay. So, good. Yeah. And then in your teen years, you said that you started volunteering mm-hmm. at the hospitals. What did you do then? Yeah. So, what kinds of things did you do? Oh, I feel like I started at the bottom. <laughs> like, which well, is you good. know, like everybody's going to start yeah, somewhere. <laughs> exactly. But I used to like, when I was a teenager, have to take like samples, like blood samples or like even stuff from the pharmacy. I kind of like transported things everywhere. I don't know. Oh, really, okay. I think they call it like a career. Yeah. I think that was my title. I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So I got to, you know, take samples and like, one thing I'm particular that was kind of crazy, like I had to transport like a placenta one time and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> odd. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I think like being 16 and what know, did that, doing all of that. <laughs> that was kind of a big, I don't know, I think that was big, big responsibility for a teenager. Like you have yeah. to take placenta to wherever. I... <laughs> that's a great point. I don't know. Interesting. I, they just trusted me, I guess. I don't, well, I, don't I guess <laughs> we're a very trust, trustworthy individual. That's good. That, is good. Oh my gosh. I hope so. 
Okay. So let's talk about, you mentioned the, the trips. Let's talk about those trips because those are really fascinating to me. I love, I love it when you were telling me about that before. I love talking about it. It's something I'm so passionate about. And I feel like, um, you know, I've talked to my mentor who took me on the trips, um, and he's just told me like that, you know, for his own life, that it helps him. Like it almost like fills him up and like, then he realizes I need to go back kind of thing. Like it's just this constant like desire to want to go back. And I think if anyone can be a part of it, you should definitely get on board. (laughs) Even if you're not medically like oriented, you can do some sort of other, um, planning or, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely needed. But, um, while I was there, I, where did you go? So I, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I worked, uh, we went to the Philippines. I went in 2016 and 2017. Uh-huh. And so when I was there, we stopped in Manila for a little bit. And then we also went to Tacloban, which is like a Southern portion, I believe. And then uh, we also stopped at the Tall Volcano, which is mm. one that recently erupted um, oh, wow. since my last trip. So that community, I don't know how they're doing. Um, oh man. So that's, you know, something that I've been like praying for and making sure, you know, like I'm not sure how they're doing. So yeah. I don't really have any contacts still that are from that area, but yeah, hoping that they're doing well. So while we were there, we um, had a team of dentists and physicians, PAs, nurturing practitioners, and then people like me who <laughs> don't people have like any, me. yeah, who didn't have any license or like real applicable experience, just, you know, <laughs> like other shadowing and stuff. Yeah. So that was really neat to be able to be taken in um, by all of the different medical professionals and shown what each of them do individually. Yeah. And uh, we even had an acupuncturist there that I worked closely with. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, he performed acupuncture on me. So I like, cause awesome. at first I was kind of skeptical, like what, what sure, I, about? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, you made me believe in this. Like, yeah. It's actually, really did it cool. relieve pain or something um, or what? Yeah, it wasn't pain. <laughs> so I don't know if like, I don't know, whenever you've traveled in the past, your stomach can get upset. So yes. acupuncture actually works for that. Um, oh, nice. Yes. So, so what kinds of things did you get to do while you were there? Okay. So while I was actually in the Philippines, because we had this whole preparation process, like of packing um, the donated products, like food and um, clothes. We also had, you know, toothbrushes and toothpaste, things like to hand out like physically and so that we can meet the needs physically. So while I was there, I worked with um, the providers and uh, our translators because not every patient spoke English right and so yeah we worked cohesively and kind of had um, dialogues with each patient to see what was going on some patients were just there to you know be present and like part see of what the was going on event. yeah they're like what's yeah. going on over there or like they had heard about it and they like were so excited so some people didn't even like really need to be seen but they wanted to be right like, yeah it was just this event for the community so that was kind of neat to see um yeah so I was able to talk and pray with people through our translators and then I also got to assist with some you know minor procedures that we were doing and dental extractions which I decided was not my thing (laughs) (laughs) it was really not what I wanted to do but also like I mean definitely necessary like uh, we had one patient and 
yeah, they ended up bleeding all of their teeth out oh, just so wow. that they could be fitted for dentures. And I think that that's pretty common, I would say, is what I've been hearing from, really? from, from the dentist who was there. So yeah, I got to help with all sorts of things. <laughs> cool. Yes. And also eat really good food. <laughs> oh, really? really? So mm-hmm. was there something, anything in particular that you had that you were like, oh mm. my gosh, this is great. They make like a Filipino spaghetti. I don't know if it has like a certain name or not, but it's almost as sweet. Like the sauce is sweet. So yeah. that was like something that I'd never had before. Um, they also made us like handmade avocado ice cream, which I actually <gasps> really enjoyed. Interesting. Really yeah. And then like, they would just like, bring us coconuts and like chop them up so we could like drink out of them so I mean it was just things like that you don't normally get to do or like you know experience so yeah 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 is there any particular um was there any particular person or any particular situation that stood out to you in either of those those trips that you'd like to talk about definitely I so many people like are still like on my heart, like that I still think about and like that I, you know, want to be in contact with, um, yeah. that I hope are doing well. But there's this one kid in particular who just like was radiating joy. Yeah. This little boy, he was, um, just taking all of the trash that we discarded from our medication boxes and he set them up like this little bowling game and he invited all the other little kids out and I'm, surprised like I didn't you know I was like wow like he's just making a game out of what we just thought was trash and then yeah he starts like bowling with it it was so (laughs) cute so I just think about his family and yeah um, yeah their situation yeah I did get to see them both times that I was at um that I went so yeah it was kind of this longitudinal relationship and then another individual who I actually still actually keep in contact with, we are kind of pen pals, I guess. Um, oh, good. Yeah. She was my translator my first year that I went yeah. and she is so sweet. So yeah, we just kind of keep in touch and like, it's been five years now. So wow. yeah, we just kind of are like, how are you doing? And yeah. yeah. So That's I hope awesome. to one day be able to go back and see her. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't doing. there some, was there a, a little girl who gave you something yes tell about that yeah I also think about her and like her classmates so there was a school right next to um one of the buildings that we were using is we pretty much set up like in community centers um in their barangay which is like their like I don't know like town and so there was this little girl who got out of school and like came over and we were like playing duck duck goose with all the kids like you know just like little games yeah and they were having so much fun but she um came up to me like at the end of the day and we had you know seen her family and you know they brought their cousins and you know everybody right. but she came up to me and like I don't yeah she didn't give anyone else anything so I was like why did she come to me <laughs> but she gave me a <laughs> necklace that had her name on it that she had Aww. made and so I was like oh are you Aww, sure like you know so this sweet. is yours <laughs> I don't know yeah when she made it or anything but yeah I still had that because it's like oh, that was something so very sweet. special to her so she wanted to give it to you that's so yeah cool. I thought it was so sweet because I was like you don't have to give me anything like we <laughs> are here because we want to be here so, right it was really sweet <laughs> that's super cool 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm jealous of you for having those kind of those, uh, neat, neat experiences that you've had. And I hope that you get to do a whole lot more like that mm-hmm. all across anywhere, <laughs> just yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about what classes you're taking? And mm-hmm. I'm really curious <clears throat> because I've heard, and I don't know that this is completely true, but like I've heard from other like PAs or whatever, that there are really very few, if any, nutrition classes in medical school. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious about that. Do you know? Like, can you? Yeah. So my verify school that or not? has recently like revamped their curriculum. Um, I think that they're trying to be more modern. I don't know. Like just more trying modern. to like, yeah, like um, I think that the traditional medical school, yeah, is just mainly like pharmacology based, like, you know, like let's do that. And that's not necessarily something that I agree with. Like, I think that there are other approaches to medicine that aren't necessarily yes. uh, medications. And I think that medications can be good for a short mm-hmm. amount of time. But like you're saying, nutrition, exercise, just lifestyle changes can be yeah. just as important. Yes. So um, my school doesn't have, um, so like, we don't like take classes, like we have lectures, I guess. So it's all okay. based off of a block. So like one block might have, lectures that are all about um like gastroenterology and like for example like cardiology renal so like we like learn systems in one block and so this first block is pretty much like a biomedical sciences review and we don't really get to go into depth about nutrition but then I would say that later on in the curriculum that there is time where we get to discuss that And as I mentioned earlier, the longitudinal tracks is a time where you can kind of explore what you're passionate about. And there is one that is specifically for lifestyle medicine. So they talk a lot about nutrition and exercise and they teach um, part of their thing because they're almost kind of like fun, those like little additional things you get to do. They um, like learn how to cook like good meals as doctors and then be able to share that with their patients. And so I think that that's really a cool thing because- food I think you know is made of the things that we need in order to be healthy and survive and so if we know how to integrate that into our lifestyle yeah it's that's a huge thing because like lately Mm -hmm. I've been dealing with that myself just (laughs) just having to change my eating habits and trying you know to stay away from processed foods and stay away from certain things that I know are (laughs) hurting my body. So yeah, mm-hmm. I just feel like that that's a huge, I, I feel like in this country, like we've tipped the scale way too far towards the pharmaceuticals. And I, like right. you said, I don't think they're all bad. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they have their place, but right. I, I feel like they can kind of, they kind of control <laughs> our oh, yeah. health system and sure. uh, that and insurance. And so yeah. um, I'd like to <laughs> oh, see yeah. that change, even yes. if it's ever so slightly. So um, that's what makes me curious. No, I totally agree with that. And yeah, that's my perspective as well. So I'm hoping that, you know, my classmates and the other physicians that are, you know, being built <laughs> as we, you know, go throughout our program that we kind of had that same mindset. Yeah. Because um, kind of, so there's, I guess, two types of doctors. I mean, there are a bunch of different specialties, but um, as far as training, there's like MD or DO and I'm in an osteopathic um, program. And so osteopaths, like it's mainly about humanism and treating your patients as individuals. So someone who has a mind, body and spirit. So really just 
accounting for all of the needs that would encompass. Yes, I like that. Yeah, I like that approach. They focus a lot like on mental health. And so even throughout our program, they check in with us, make sure that we're doing okay, which I think is important. And um, we have this thing called MedWell. So someone, I I think she has like another um, duty that she does as well. Like she deals with like social media stuff, but she mainly focuses like on um, every Monday, I think it's mindfulness. And then Wednesday it's wellness. So I think that that's like when she chooses, like she sends out recipes and stuff. And then every Friday is fitness. So she does like yoga and other activities, but yeah. um, Yeah. So she hosts that and sends it out to everyone. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Because (laughs) I know like with teaching and stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, in education, we did not take care of ourselves. Teachers did not take care because they were Mm -hmm. just overwhelmed. And I mean, we talk about self-care all the time, but talking and doing are two different things. And I feel like within, like when you're going into medical school, like you always hear about how hard it is and how many hours you put in all that stuff. And I can't imagine Mm -hmm. you being able to actually take care of yourself the way you're supposed to tell your patients to take care of themselves. You know, I I imagine that's pretty hard. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. to hear that they are implementing you know making yeah, sure that from they're paying attention one. to that yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's good yeah no me too and like you said like about teachers because I've worked for a school district um, yes. for like the last year or so now and yeah I've definitely seen that our staff like um tend to focus more on their students which is obviously yeah. our focus but you also need to take care of yourself and right. so that's something I've been really passionate about and trying to push for is like an employee wellness program because yeah. I think that we need to have something available so that staff can at least feel connected to each other. I think, you know, with COVID, it was so hard. Um, A lot of people started not feeling valued in their position. And so, yeah, they just want (laughs) to make sure that everyone, plus, I mean, I think about um, the nutrition aspect and how even related to COVID, COVID, like comorbidities and, um, oh yeah, like, you know, um, obesity and stuff can be more detrimental for someone with COVID. So those are all things that I want to push for. <laughs> yeah. In that aspect. Well, then let's talk also about you're really passionate about awareness for fatty liver, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So okay. So let's just talk about that. Then. <laughs> As we talk about <laughs> uh, diabetes and yeah. eating and exercise. So yeah, fatty liver disease. I also kind of preface this by like, how I got into like how I developed a passion for it and I started working for a clinical research organization a couple of years ago it was in 2018 I was still in college and so Uh I was just the clinical research assistant and then I ended up building my way up became the clinical research coordinator and was overseeing or you know under my PI but I was in charge of uh, quite a few fatty liver studies and so over that time, I developed relationships with our subjects, they're called in research. Right. And <laughs> although they are, yeah, they are patients, <laughs> they're people. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, I developed relationships with them, heard their stories. A lot of them had no idea initially that they had fatty liver disease. I think it's something that's become really prevalent, but not like people aren't aware about it. Yeah. And I think that it's increasingly, um, yeah, now having awareness just since it is something that's rather new there are currently no 
like medications on the market that can help with this condition. And unfortunately, fatty liver disease can lead to cirrhosis and even yeah. liver cancer. So that's something that a lot of people don't know. So and then does it go back to the whole nutrition thing? <laughs> it's a nutrition thing. I mean, yeah. some people do have genetic predisposition component, okay. um, but yeah, it is a nutrition thing. A lot of individuals with diabetes or pre-diabetes, they tend to have fatty liver disease. And so really it's just about intervention and prevention. Right. So prevention and intervention are the same thing <laughs> for like <laughs> how you would treat it. Um, yeah. As far as the current ways of what, you know, I was told is um, a diet and exercise. And so it's hard though, you know, because yeah. <laughs> implementing both of those things into someone's life. Um, but yeah, that would. Sometimes I don't know. Well. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I guess it depends on the person and what the situation is, but some people are like, oh, no, I have to ease into stuff. Right. And then, but some people are like, no, rip the bandaid off and just jump in. And I, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe mm-hmm. in my life, like <laughs> just the easing into something was mm-hmm. just really an excuse to not really do it. Mm-hmm. And so it took me just being sick and tired of being sick and tired, like literally yeah. tired of being fatigued all the time. Right to decide, Oh, when, when I finally got a diagnosis of Hashimoto's disease, then mm-hmm. I, then I was like, okay, so now I have, now I have the answer as to why I'm feeling like this and have mm-hmm. been feeling like this for years. Um, so now I have to just, I have to take action because I'm sick and tired of being like this. So I think sometimes it, a person has to get to a point where like, they're just done. They're just done with whatever it is. And they're ready to change, ready to do something drastic. And mm-hmm. like I said, rip the bandaid off and just go for it. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 10 or 11 weeks. And it has not been easy, but I mm-hmm. do feel better. So that's good. Yeah. Definitely um, difficult, but <laughs> yeah, to be motivated. You do. And I am, I was motivated because I'm like, I'm tired of not having motivation, right? I'm not I'm tired uh-huh. of being depressed. I'm pi- tired of being tired all the time and not wanting right. to do anything. Ugh, it's awful. Mm-hmm. So I just jumped in and, and then I'm also using other products too, to help. But anyway, yeah. okay. Enough about <laughs> me. Let's talk about what, what have you learned so far in your, in your college career and then in, in getting into medical school? Um, what have you learned so far that would be helpful to high school students or other college students that are mm. planning to go to med school as well? Like, what should they do? What should they not do? (laughs) That's a good point. Um, I definitely, you know, encourage people to reach out for advice just because you can't do it alone. Even if you try, (laughs) you'll definitely need (laughs) to try to do it all by yourself. (laughs) So I I applied in 2017 for um, medical school and I didn't get in. And so now, you know, this last year when I applied, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this different. Make sure that I talk to people who are actually physicians or people who've been successful with the process in the past, like what did they do? And then um, made sure I got my letters of recommendation done early because that was my biggest issue in 2017. Um, I didn't have everything together Uh, and I was like, yeah, following around professors, like, please get it to me. Like, cause they had told me they would, and then they didn't end up doing it. So yeah, my roommates used to joke, like, like I'm stalking him but yeah <laughs> anyways I'd like show up at his office like, 
please so, give me my yeah. recommendation please <laughs> that was like the hardest thing I would say just coming from like my undergraduate school like it was so big that no one really knew who you were like as far yeah. as professors even if you went to office hours so yeah that would be my recommendation to um, college students for high school students and college students um, just make sure that this is what you're really passionate about like you're yeah. not just doing it because someone else wants you to or because you think that you'll make a lot of money or that you'll you know for whatever reasons people have um because those things aren't true <laughs> like <laughs> as far as the money thing um I'm really in debt right now <laughs> so yeah yeah I don't do it for money um and then the payback process is a whole nother thing yeah. so yeah definitely research what you're getting into and then have patient care hours I think a lot of people just try to get in without um even seeing a patient like in any sort of clinical setting ahead of time so yeah. they don't know what to expect and then they right. realize they don't like the repetition of caring for chronic patients or they don't like yeah. this or that they thought it'd be more exciting like Grey's Anatomy or something so, <laughs> so it's not Grey's I, Anatomy folks yeah get that out of your head <laughs> I mean it might be but <laughs> not in my experience um oh so yeah I would say that because it's you know process to endure and you know because you have to study for the MCAT do all your undergrad prerequisites and then write a ton of essays so yes yeah yes. that is something that Mandy helped that. me with <laughs> <laughs> she was my editor which I yes it was fun and I obviously I was that. successful so here's my little like plug for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> So call me if you yeah. need some editing done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and have, then, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, yeah, I have 15 years of English teaching and <laughs> teaching. I just made that word <laughs> up. And um, a lot of editing. Yeah. And I've gone through an editing course as well, too. So whatever. I mean, yeah. I just, I love to try to help people. Uh, help pull out of you what what I knew was in there but you just didn't mm -hmm. have it on the page yet yeah mm -hmm. and so I hope yeah. that that was that was definitely helpful yeah um, yeah through that process you were telling me to be more descriptive and I was like as a person I don't feel like I give enough detail but like you really helped me through that so that's my little good. plug to you know, good. if Thank anyone you needs much. that <laughs> and that. then yeah my last piece of advice would be like not to be discouraged by anyone yeah. um because if you, this is what you're really passionate about, there are so many different ways to get there. I have um, someone in the second year class, right about like the class right above me, you know, this is a second career for him. So he's yeah. already done something. He has a kid. And so that's wow. just one person I know about. And I know that there are other people who go back later in life. So like, yeah, if this is never too late. About, yeah, exactly. It's never too late. Like go back and do it. And you know, do it for yourself, yeah. do it for the patients. And um, yeah, I just had this bad story about a health oh. professions counselor from college. She yeah. like was trying to persuade me like, oh, this isn't really for you. And then I like cried in her office. But now I wish I could just tell her like, you know, I ended up making it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was talking with my classmates yesterday. We were all um, having ice cream together and we were all literally saying like, Oh yeah, mine told me that too. Like, what? so it wasn't just me. Like, yeah, there was five other people at I my table. I wonder what makes them do that. Why? Why would they discourage you from? 
Well, because maybe we didn't have the perfect grades or the perfect MCAT score or whatever. Yeah. And so then they, well, this is the cutoff. So, and they don't really think about exceptions to that, or they didn't oh. consider our patient care experience, how that might look in yeah. the eyes of the admissions committee. So I think that each school um, has a different, you know, want like a different mission. And yeah. so they're looking for different types of people and it doesn't, it's not all about scores. So, right. Yeah. So if at first you don't (laughs) succeed, try, try again. Right. Exactly. Don't give up on your dreams guys. And don't think that you're too old to, to, to keep dreaming or to stir up the (laughs) dreams that were in you a long time ago that you forgot about because you were, you know, just doing the daily grind, trying to get through life, Mm -hmm. like stir up those dreams, y'all, you know, dream big and kick ass, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so let's shift a little bit and let's talk about your floral design business because, you know, you don't have enough going on. Let's throw something (laughs) else in the mix. So this is like a recent thing that I started. Okay. So like I've been doing floral design for like years now, like seven years or something, like doing different people's weddings and stuff. Yeah. But I did that recently. Yeah. I think it's really fun. Like a stress relief for me. I really enjoy it. But recently my friends were like, why or and I guess my family too was like why don't you make money from this like and I was like oh you're right I should and so I recently started kind of delving into that um I really don't know where it's going to end up going but I am hopeful that you know people will enjoy using me for that service and yeah it's something that's really fun for me I specifically do weddings but I'll do other events too yeah so, okay. So you do, uh, bouquets and boutonnieres mm-hmm. and what about yeah. table settings or corsages, corsages. Mm-hmm. um, with the, like at the altar, I do different yeah. things like, you know, we kind of come up with it together. People show me on Pinterest what they like, like right. okay, like this is the kind yeah. of flower that we need, that kind of thing. Right. I also do flower do you... crowns for the little flower girls. Oh, how cute. <laughs> Yeah. Do you use silks or do you use fresh flowers or both or what? Yeah, I honestly think silks are as much as expensive or yeah. more expensive than like fresh flowers. Plus, um, yeah, I prefer to use fresh flowers. I think they'd be smaller than I. <laughs> so yeah. my like apartment ends up smelling really good afterwards. But um, yeah, so <laughs> I prefer that. I mean, if someone wanted silks, I could do it. But yeah, yeah. I mostly did silks. I did some fresh, okay. but I mostly did silks. Okay. That makes sense with your guys's weather <laughs> having yeah. snow and everything right yeah well yeah. and it's easier to make them all up ahead of time and make sure that they you know Stay like healthy. them and yeah. all that stuff so i don't yeah so i can change it if totally. i don't, don't like it makes sense cool so how are you getting clients to do that do you just word of mouth what's what are you doing yeah so i've had some friends um reach out like who are getting married soon and they're like oh i didn't realize it did that I'm like yeah so that's been cool um and then just kind of networking with other people like i was you know a part of our medical school stuff was like oh you have to introduce yourself in like a fact I'm like well i don't know if anything's interesting but this is like something that i'm doing like on the side yeah. and um so some of the people were like oh my brother or sister or whatever is being married so i'll tell them i was like okay that's cool so just networking and yeah. then i have an instagram for it so some people have been following me there and another friend who's been really hyping me up, which I really appreciate. Um, she's like been telling everyone. <laughs> yeah. I did good. her wedding flowers. Yeah. I'm like, 
so I guess word of mouth and she has like a wedding vendor who well a friend who has like a wedding venue and so she needs some other contracts so yes would be cool that'd be great so one little way to like pay for my groceries or something because yes. you know my loans don't cover all my living expenses right <laughs> right 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 yeah freaking loans I know. Well, freaking expensive tuition that's just anyway yeah. that's a whole other that's a whole, whole other, other story. story right there so we won't get into that yeah so okay so tell us about a time when you did not have a clue what you were doing or about a time when you made a major mistake Ooh. and what happened well you know <laughs> I don't think I want to share my mistakes that's really <laughs> one-on-one I'll tell you but okay. probably not but um as far as yeah yeah then as far as when I didn't have a clue what I was doing so in reference to the fatty liver disease there's a machine called a fibroscan which is a non-invasive um sort of measurement it's like a ultrasound kind of uh-huh. uh, uses some ultrasound technology in order to evaluate liver stiffness and then um, something called CAP, which is the controlled attenuation parameter. And okay. so it, it's really helpful for the medical providers to make a determination or at least have like a you know, hypothesis about what kind of um, stage someone might be in for their fibrosis level. And then same with the fat content, that's the biggest thing. Okay. So um, yeah, it's a non-invasive way in comparison to someone undergoing like a liver biopsy okay. or some people maybe getting an MRI and not really tolerating it because they get claustrophobic, yes. that kind of thing. So MRIs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and like the, the noise. But <laughs> the noise. Oh my yeah. God. That'll, that's enough to drive you bazonkers right yeah. there. <laughs> I've had people tell me that it felt like being in like like you're a toothpaste tube, like you're like <laughs> sucked in. So I'm like, you know, that sounds miserable. So maybe yeah. we should try this option. So, right. um, yeah, so I was trained on how to do that. And I think initially I was like, wow, I don't think that they picked the right person to do this because <laughs> I'm not doing a great job. Like whenever you get your, um, it gives you a picture of the data and it looks so bad. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm doing this right. So, Anyways, uh, as I had done hundreds, then I started getting, you know, a lot better right. and collecting, you know, the data because we ended up writing an abstract from that. But yeah, even on like the first patient that I was trying it on, she was a standardized patient. She yeah. was like, like the perfect standardized patient, like for this type of, you know, like it's not a procedure, but this type of evaluation. Okay. And yeah, I was like really failing. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay but well did she know it or did I think she was uncomfortable oh because she yeah had to go through it so many times (laughs) the test okay yeah because it's it's not comfortable it sends shockwaves through your your liver and so it kind of does like a tapping on your side like through your rib cage okay um yeah so it can get like you can get a little bit sore there afterwards yeah so that's why I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh God. <laughs> I signed up for I'm it, sorry. So. <laughs> I keep having to do this. <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah. you know, you're getting, you got better at it though. So that's a good I did. thing. I appreciated her. <laughs> yeah. So talk about what big obstacles have you overcome in your life and how have you done that? Mm-hmm. So I think here, like I focus more on medical obstacles. Cause like I've had a pretty good life 
but (laughs) uh, like not too many crazy things like when I compare myself to other situations I've definitely been blessed but um, medical obstacles you know I mentioned having surgery when I was four but I've really seen like how that was used in my life um, to now get me where I'm at so yeah that was really a big deal but then recently I had to have surgery like in February and just navigating insurance was so difficult for me. Um, yeah. Cause, and then, you know, finding the medical provider who was actually going to listen and validate me, my concerns. Yes. Um, because I just That's felt really like hard. I was being written off. <laughs> and yep. I, I was like, if I'm, you know, someone who has some knowledge of the medical field and then, you know, I just think about patients like who don't know anything or maybe yeah. who don't speak English or, you know, there's some sort of you know, cultural, um, divide. So yeah, it really concerned me like, what is the care that they're receiving? And right. so I've even seen how that situation has even made me a better medical provider, hopefully. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the insurance issues, what were, mm-hmm. what were the ins- insurance? Yeah. <laughs> if you so can many, talk about it, I oh, don't know. No, I can. Yeah. Okay. It was like really just frustrating phone calls. With <laughs> so, um, I mean, it was during COVID that I started noticing that there was something going on and then they're like, oh, well, we can't really see anyone in person. So I had telehealth and they said, well, as long as you know, you don't have this, this, or this, then you should be fine. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm fine. But then it started getting worse and I ended up going to urgent care and like begging them. Cause they're like, oh, I don't, you know, nothing's wrong. I begged them. I was like, please do like an ultrasound. Like, yeah. And then like, it was like tearing out teeth or something like, so then I finally was able to, and then, um, followed up with a couple other providers with that image. And they told me, Oh, just follow up in a year with another ultrasound. And at that point I already had like a 10 pound or not 10 10 centimeter. um, Yeah. I was like, what? Like, why are you telling me like I should follow up in a year? So just navigating that part was that's the medical provider portion and then when I realized okay these people don't actually you know want to pursue anything because it was needing surgical intervention right um that's when I decided you know I wanted to see a a provider outside of my insurance um because I don't know I mean I have Kaiser so the way that it works um not to like call out Kaiser but um, I've heard yeah. other people talk about yeah. Kaiser though in other places yeah. Mm-hmm. like yeah I think that it's stuff yeah they have it in California and like I think other places but um yeah. it's like a health system so I ended up trying to use my plan with a provider elsewhere because he accepted my insurance and then it didn't translate somehow so I had to end up getting my own insurance um yeah elsewhere through work and stuff and then that changed so just like I I think that at one point I was covered under three different insurance plans (laughs) (laughs) it was crazy (laughs) so yeah it was just that whole navigation like was really new for me but going through that I realized like what a headache for patients to go through because seeing it on the other side I'm like you know as a provider it's kind of like you don't want to get caught up in all of that but you really want to advocate for your patients because sometimes the insurance companies don't necessarily want to pay for the most expensive new medication. So they want them to go on the old one, which has more side effects. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Or they want you to go through all these steps of procedures whenever really yeah. what you need is like further down the line. And then by the time you get there, things are worse than yeah. what they would have been had they had they not, exactly. you know, if they would have just caught it beforehand. So oh yeah, that's what happened that situation to me. With my mom, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's also what happened to me. Um just like the delay in all of this process. Yes. Like it ended up needing a more invasive surgery. So I was like, man, if we would have just taken care yeah. of this, you know, <laughs> like right. whenever we found out, but it ended up getting delayed like six months. So, so it's super huge advocating for yourself. And I've, I've mm -hmm. talked about that in a couple of my other yeah, um, podcasts. <laughs> yeah. We did good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to be an advocate for yourself and for your kids. Like, I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about that part, but like, you have to be an advocate. And I don't know that it's, I don't know. I don't understand why the providers are not cluing into this stuff. I don't know if it's that their training is not what it should be, or if they get a big head about things and think, no, mm -hmm. I know, or, or maybe they've just seen a lot of people that come in that really aren't, you know, maybe they're hypochondriacs. I don't know, <laughs> but like, you've got to stick in there and you, and I don't, I can't even tell you how many how many doctors I've been to. And I, I'm not saying that the doctors are bad, but like when they're not right. listening to you, mm -hmm. they're not like, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of the time I do more, more research than my doctors do. And I come in and go, Hey, mm -hmm. I, I learned about this, this, and this, what do you think? Or can we do this? Oh yeah, we mm -hmm. can try that. I mean, like I'm, <laughs> I'm coming in giving them, you know, saying, can we try this? And then they're like, Oh, okay. But I'm paying them. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. So I believe that in you that you're going to make a difference and, and not be one of those um, one of those doctors. You're actually going to listen to your patients, and I appreciate that. Oh, definitely. So yeah, I I hope to yeah continue and like have the same mindset and not get like you know persuaded otherwise. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. I think it is important to keep that like humanistic side that realize yeah. that patients are people too, and like even if they. Um, you know, even if you're like, you know, a specialist in this field, you've seen it a million times, you know, sometimes people can be kind of numb to the situation and yeah, patients, this is their first time going through it. So it's important to keep that in mind that, you know, they're an individual and they need that same, you know, empathy that yeah. you would whenever you initially started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who or what motivates and inspires you? Oh, that's a good question. So I would say that my future patients do. I think that that'll be like what keeps me going <laughs> throughout yeah. the next four years because I'm excited like to be able to be, you know, a leader of a team and yeah. be able to work directly with patients as their provider. So I think I'll just have to keep them in mind that I'm not doing this for me, but I'm doing it for the people that I'm going to benefit hopefully in the future. Yeah. Um, and the ways that I'll be able to be a good resource to them. I would say another person who motivates me is one of my mentors. Um, just the way that like they care for their patients is yeah. exceptional. And I really want to be like them. Um, yeah. And just like the way that they conduct themselves in like their life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really, yeah. Would like to use them as a good example. Cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favorite books or podcasts that you listen to besides this one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I um I really like the book Love Does. It just it's by Bob Goff and he uh -huh. talks about like 
how like being a good like a loving person like is an action like you actually have to like go out there and like do things like you know like the way that we live our lives is an example to other people um and the way yeah so I really love that book and then there's a youtuber that I've recently followed and she actually is a third year at my school so I just like found that out so that was really cool but she's like famous so okay so I know she's (laughs) really fancy but um her name is Rachel (laughs) Southern (laughs) yeah so anyone who's like pre-med or like considering like what is it like um you could watch her videos she pretty much because she's two years ahead of me so she Uh you know did it I guess like her orientation stuff was all like pre-covid so it's like a little bit different about what it looked like but it's still kind of the same concept and yeah I like just having like her as an example to look at like okay she's been doing it like and this is how she's done it because she talks about study methods and stuff so oh I've cool appreciated that does she kind of like take you through a day of what she does yeah or? Okay. yeah she has like a Neat. vlog so sometimes she'll just do like a whole week like just little snippets of like what it looks even like you know pouring her coffee and stuff like showing that she still has like she's a person she has a life yeah. and um yeah and then like she's like takes a nap and stuff it's all like fast forward <laughs> so you're not like watching her whole nap but um uh, you're like okay like I don't have to study 24 7 I can you know afford time to take a nap and yes. still be successful so yes um yeah I've just appreciated grace. seeing that exactly I appreciate seeing that and like sometimes she'll um I don't know I'm just like hyping her up now but um she'll, sometimes she'll even like cry on there like just showing you that like you know it's hard it's hard like and it's yeah. gonna happen and um yeah so it's been really cool yeah well good I'm glad you have some some people a, a little yes. even sometimes it's harder when it's when it's people that are way ahead of you mm-hmm. because they've already gone through a bunch of stuff they're right. already past all that but but it's good to have somebody to to watch and a mentor to to, to mm-hmm. pay attention to that it's just it's a little bit ahead of you there are a few steps right. ahead of you but they're not completely disengaged or disconnected right. to what you're going through. So exactly. That's, a, that's good. I'm glad you have that person to follow. We'll put her in the, yeah. in the show notes too. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night owl? I wanted to say neither. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. If I'll sleep, I, I want to sleep, but I'm trying to be more of a morning person. So like getting up early, but Right now, I'm just like struggling through my alarms. So uh-huh. I don't know if anyone has tips on that, like how to be a morning person. I would love you it. You know, <laughs> I tried and tried and tried to be a morning person. It just didn't. And I even felt guilty for not being a morning person. Right. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> and so thankfully, I can kind of sleep until I wake up nowadays. I mean, I don't really get up to an alarm, which mm-hmm. by the way, an alarm, like it's called an alarm. It's alarming. Like it's not a <laughs> positive thing. So right. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I had to, when I was teaching though, I had to set multiple alarms, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, but I would set multiple alarms and God, I'd hit snooze so many times. It was ridiculous, <laughs> but I yeah. just, I just have a hard time getting out of bed whenever it's not, Same. but part of that could have been, um, just the right, fatigue your, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah the, totally. That stuff. So anyway, but I, but you know, people who know me and know me well that have been around me when I'm in, <laughs> in the, during the morning, they're like, yeah, just don't talk to her until about 10 o'clock. 
Yes. <laughs> and I can't drink coffee now, so um, oh. I can't do that. But anyway, what's your go-to beverage? I really love smoothies. So yeah. yeah what do you friends. like to put in them? They, oh, like I'm pretty much up for anything, but <laughs> I like strawberries a lot if I'm, if I have a choice. But yeah, most of my friends would know that that's like, they call me like an addict, but you know. A smoothie know. addict? <laughs> yeah, like I, I'll, I can like replace There are worse things. There are worse yeah. things. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. But yeah, I would probably like have a smoothie for dinner. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. So yeah. I know you're not supposed to like drink your sugars, but you know, sometimes you have to live a little. <laughs> you have to live a little. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. What's your vision for the next five years? I mean, obviously medical yeah. school, but like what's what's going to happen in the next yeah. five years? Yeah, so in the next five years, so my program is four years. So I'm just starting this week. So yeah, five years for now. I hopefully will be done by then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah don't want to not do well. So I'll um, be done with my med school. I'll also be done with the master's. So I won't be in school anymore. Um, also have started residency because residency starts, um, you know, the year after med school. Right. How long does that last? Yeah. So residency is anywhere from like three to four years. And then if you, depending on what specialty you go into, you might need to do a, like a fellowship afterwards. Uh-huh. So yeah, it could be, you know, 36 years plus a couple of years of fellowship. So yeah. During that time is it's all, it's not paid, right? It is paid, but oh, it, it is um, paid. the average like income for a U.S. resident is 60000 So okay. yeah, they, I mean, better than like a medical scribe, but well, that's better than not. teaching. <laughs> that, that's true. That's better than yeah. a 30-year teacher. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't Isn't that stupid? That. So wow. irritating. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm... I was going to say, I think our California rates are a lot better, <laughs> but Probably. yeah. Oh, crazy. Um, and then I'll, you know, have to move throughout that period of time. So at rotations, um, they can kind of place me anywhere. So I could be moving every four weeks, potentially for rotations, just depending on like where they put me and then residency um, again for that. Yeah. And I'm also hoping to be a part of medical missions while I'm um, yeah. in the next five years, so while I'm in school and then as a resident. So I'm hoping to cool. be able to implement that. I'm sure you will. Yeah. I believe in you for sure. <laughs> Thank you. What would you like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah. Any kind of favorite quote or something, story, a lesson that keeps you going? Yeah, I just like everything I've learned in the last year is like advocating for myself. I know that you've already talked about yeah. that. So I it's it's huge though. Thing. Yeah, uh, just like also about like not letting other people discourage you. And like you said earlier, like it's never too late. So you don't necessarily have to go in the medical profession. You can do choose whatever you want, Yeah. <laughs> but just don't give up on yourself. I think that, you know, education is something that someone can't take away from you because, you know, it's yours yeah. and it's something that is part of you now. So yeah, just keep going. Um, I know it's hard to go back, like even if you have kids or stuff, you know, different situations, but I'm always an advocate for people to pursue what they really want because yeah. you know we only get to live this one time so right why and why life waste is short. It on, yeah why waste most of your time on something that you're not enjoying exactly so. i hear you girl yes <laughs> so where can listeners um connect with you yeah so you all can follow me on instagram if you want um my 
It's like at symbol Becca Shanick, B-E-C-C-A-S-H-A-N-E-C-K. And then I'm also launching a blog this weekend. Um, Yay. Fingers crossed. I don't know how much I'll be able to like attend to it, but I'm like really excited to just be able to um, use it as a like a method to be able to communicate things that I've been able to be a part of. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's called Service with Student Dr. Shanick. And it's awesome. On Wix. So, I tried to look it up earlier, but it's not launched. Yet. It's not launched yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's, by the I time this the airs, it will be launched. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, thank you so very much for talking with me today. I super, super enjoyed it. And um, I think I use the word super a whole lot and probably too much. But anyway, I really enjoyed our, our talk. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching you go through, you know, to see all the things mm-hmm. that are going to happen with you and unfold for you as you're going through medical school and when you get out. So kudos to you. And I'm very proud of you. I know your parents and your family are super proud of you and um, keep on at it. Oh, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. By you're the way. welcome. <laughs> see you Bye-bye. later. Bye-bye. If you are enjoying this podcast and getting inspiration and encouragement, then please, please, please subscribe, leave a positive review and share it with three of your friends who need a boost of hope and motivation to dream big. Also, it does cost money to make this podcast happen. So there are monthly fees for recording software and for Buzzsprout, the podcast platform that I use and for my editor. So if you would like to help defer some of what it costs to help keep it going, then you can click the buy me a coffee link in the show notes or on my website at madiesawyer.com slash podcast. Also, if you need to delegate some virtual tasks that are bogging you down and keeping you from moving forward in your business, then check out my virtual assistant services on my website, madiesawyer.com and schedule a free consultation call with me. I'd love to help you out during a VIP day where I'll focus only on tackling your tasks so that you have more time to shine in your zone of genius. Thank you so much for listening and remember to dream big and kick ass.